Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for making us and creating us wonderfully and fearfully and for the gifts you've instilled in us and for the ways we're unique. We pray that we would be reminded of those and be reminded of who you made us, how you made us, and who we're meant to be. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, so um, I don't know how the authenticity challenge is going for you all, but I know that every single one of you was off of Facebook this week and social media because I didn't see any posts from you that were coming in liking some of the posts that Stephanie has made on her different accounts that she has. But um, but one of the way, things that was interesting this week is taking kind of the, the morning of the, my first Sunday off, or my first day off of social media on Monday morning, I, I was so quickly caught up in all of my news. It was amazing, you know, because you know how you wake up in the morning, it's one of the first things you do, some of us, right? So we open up Facebook and we start scrolling through and seeing what other people are saying. And I will say I got some comments after worship last week, and it wasn't just from people my age or younger, that it was going to be impossible for them to give up Facebook. So I hope you made it through. Uh, No eyes on some of those people that uh, told me that uh, last week. So... But we've been going through this challenge, and I'll admit that I didn't do as all of them as I intended to do them, but I've been getting caught up on some of them. But some of the challenges were just really uh, unique. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, we're going through this authenticity challenge, and uh, you can follow up in the book, or you can get a bookmark from Stephanie later on this week. But um, there were some different challenges that were pretty tough. I mean, one was look yourself in the mirror. Another one was think about some of the people that you can call on and that they can call you you for anything that you need. Uh, Think about the people that have influenced you the most in life and think about uh, your strength or your aptitude and have you taken the Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram or the Strengths Finders or one of those things and just remind yourself of who you are. Because one of the kind of presumptions of this is that we can get so busy and so caught up into our regular routine that we forget who we are. And how God made us. I know that was certainly the case for me as I was kind of going through that list of the friends that I could call on. As I started to think about those friends, I thought about who I was in those moments when I would be lifted up by them or would I would call them when I would need it. And I thought about those times in my life, and it's been an interesting journey. And as I thought about the people who've influenced me and chose someone that I would write and just let them know how they meant to me and what they've done and changed my life, I was brought back to those moments, and I was reminded a little bit of who I am. Um, so I, I took on a, a project this week, and one of the projects is um, refinishing some furniture. I like to use my hands and do some tools, uh, use tools every once in a while. But we inherited uh, from Ashley's grandparents these uh, beautiful old maple dressers. I mean, they bought them when they were first married and had them for my father-in-law's entire life, and he's 70 now. And so, I mean, they're old dressers, and they've never been refinished. And um, Ashley was like, kept saying, one of the things that she, we just wanted to do, and since I have 
have uh, free labor, and by that I mean my parents in town, um, I was able to start taking on this project. And, and I, I was thinking of that in particular because I spent all day Friday sanding away, right, that old finish that was there. And, and these are some beautiful maple. I mean, it has like all of the like interesting character of the wood and stuff. But over the years, uh, the varnish on top of it had started to kind of like crack away a little bit, you know, and so you couldn't really see what was underneath of it. And some of it had like specks of like wither on it. And, you know, we're just hoping that it would come out okay. And, and I was sanding it. And I remember this story because my friend Sarah, who wrote the book Authenticity Challenge, one of the things that she prides herself on is going into worship spaces and renovating them. So uh, she got sent into Costa Mesa United Methodist Church, which is downtown Costa Mesa, as a church restart. And so she went down to Costa Mesa. This, I mean, people thought the church was closed because someone had taken a rock and thrown it through the stained glass window and they had just like years of neglect on it. And rather than fixing the stained glass and the other areas, they just boarded it up so no one else would throw it again, you know, so that sort of thing. And, and you know, literally when she went in to restart this church, because that's what they did, they closed it and they restarted it, um, people were like, you're doing what? I thought that was a vacant building, right? That was just a monument to where this used to be. And so she's done different things. Like she's taken off some of the old doors and she's refinished them and made it into a bench that they then put outside. And she tells me about the projects they've done. They've refinished their pews. They've even, you know, they've done all sorts of different things. But one of the things that she says whenever she is refinishing something, and she'll start sanding away, and she has all these pictures on her Facebook, and she'll start sanding away. And once she sees the wood, she goes, there she is. Right? There she is. And that's what was going through my mind as I was refinishing my own cabinets. I started taking off that varnish, and I just all of a sudden thought to myself what Sarah's comment, there she is. I mean, and the wood is just beautiful on this old antique maple dresser. I mean, it would, I can't even imagine what it would cost to do that, to buy that now. I mean, solid wood, everything is built perfectly. But that phrase kept coming over and over in my mind, there she is. See, because I think that we are not too distant from that dresser that we're refinishing or from the church that looks like it's closed down, right? If you took that challenge seriously and you looked in the mirror, I remember talking to some of our kapuna on our Tuesdays at 10 and said, here's the challenge for you this week because Facebook wasn't a challenge for most of them. But I said, your challenge is coming later in the week. Look into the mirror. And as some of you know exactly this because you did this challenge. Look into the mirror and think and pray over the things that you like about yourself. Not that you like about yourself 30 years ago, but you like about yourself now. Look in the mirror and find something you like about yourself. And if you took that challenge seriously, I imagine you found yourself with that kind of, maybe that phrase when I got when I was cleaning off the dresser. There she is. Or there I am. So look at the, the wrinkles that you normally complain about, but then you think about the ways you've aged and the years that you've had and the experiences that have come with it. I mean, we all have things that we don't like about ourselves, right? I think that we are our harshest critic 90% of the time. And if not, 
If you're not, if not in that window, you probably need to look into that mirror a little closer, right? <laughs> no. But we're a harshest critic, and, and when we look at ourselves, we see all the things that we want to fix. But we don't take the time sometimes to get past that layer. And sometimes we think, just like that dresser, it's garbage, and we need to throw it out, and we need to get something new, Right? I need to do something new. I need to be something new. I need to be someone better than I am. But that's not our authenticity challenge. Our authenticity challenge is to pull away, to reveal the beauty of who you are now. And learn to like and love who you are now so that you can be authentic about who you are. And so that you can share that authenticity with others around you. I, years back, and I've probably said it before, but Pope Francis said that loneliness is one of the greatest human epidemics going on right now. The greatest problem in the world is loneliness. I think that one of the reasons we feel so lonely and so isolated is because we feel like we are always trying to be someone we're not. And so even when we're in community, we're trying to show people who we are, trying to tell people how we should be, we have this mask on that sometimes we don't even recognize. And that causes us to be lonely, even when we find ourselves out every night of the week. Because we can't be authentic, real about who we are. If I had a, a dollar for every time, I've heard, uh, why, you're real young, aren't you? <laughs> As a pastor, I would have a lot more money in my salary, right? It's been a problem I've had ever since being a pastor, and it used to drive me nuts because, you know, I, my first church that I was appointed at, I was the pastor of mission and evangelism. It was this large church in uh, downtown Chapel Hill, and the, the lead pastor, Carl King, probably looks like me now when I came in, you know, and so he looked like he was real young, and then I came in, and I, that was 10 years ago, and I came in looking 10 years younger, and then they thought to themselves, who's this college student and this, you know, his older brother that are leading this large large downtown church, right? And as I looked in the mirror, I sort of thought about that for a minute. And I said, hey, it's really nice not having to shave all the time. I was at uh, the UH-Hawaii game last night, right? And I started looking at these, these giant Australian, you know, like just giants that are on our UH basketball team. And, and I just looked at it, I was like, that guy's got to be like 40 years old that's there, right? You know, and it's like, and then I started looking in my mirror. I remember when I was looking in the mirror in the week, and I just thought, I, just look, I look so much younger than these college. It was a sophomore in college, right? And I thought to myself, but that's not a problem. I mean, 20 years from now, I'm going to love that I looked younger, right? What is it about you that you look in the mirror and that for so much time you want to run away from and you want to try to hide from, but that you can really own as who and how God made you? I mean, the scripture from this morning is both hopeful and daunting, right? And what I mean by that is that I came into the back and I prayed with the, the band and the acolytes as I do on Sunday mornings. And uh, as I prayed, I said the words, you know, you know us and there's nowhere we can hide from you. And then Daniel looked at me after a prayer and he goes, man, that was a dark prayer, right? <laughs> nowhere we can hide from you. 
And it is. It is kind of hard because if you are carrying this burden of guilt and shame and the, and the things that you don't like about yourself, you want that place where you can go and you can hide and you can be away from the rest of the world where you're, you're not on display, where they can't see you. But if I, I'm going back to that hymn that I chose for this morning, the Charles Wesley hymn, and what was interesting about that, I mean, you can even open up your hymnal. It's page 88. But Charles Wesley talks about the grace we experienced as sinners. And right after that, he talks about the grace we experienced by sinners that's proclaimed not by us, the sinners, but by the heavenly hosts. See, because the heavenly hosts see us the way that God sees us. And when God looks at you and God knows you and God looks down into the depths and you cannot hide from God, God is not looking and coming after you with the hammer of judgment that many of us feel about ourselves. God searches and God knows you cannot hide from a God who sees you as God's beloved. Who doesn't see the varnish on top that's all crackled and wrinkled and withered away, but sees that wood underneath. It sees the beauty of who you really are. And God wants us to reveal that to the world. There's a a phrase um, within uh, Hebrew Bible interpretation, not a phrase, but it's like the prophet's response or the prophet's calling. If you look back at so many of the prophets and so many of the most influential people in the Old Testament, nine times out of ten, it goes like this with a refrain. God calls them, and they say, yeah, right. Right? God calls Moses and says, you're going to do this great thing. And Moses says, sorry, you got the wrong guy. God tells him, no, I got the right guy. And then Moses goes, yeah, but I I can't public speak. You've got the wrong guy. And then God goes, well, I'll give you Aaron. You're the chosen one to lead this out. Samuel, Saul, David, you got the wrong guy. Ruth, Esther, you got the wrong woman, not me. And Mordecai yells up to Esther, but such a time as this, you are the one that can do this. God sees past that varnish. Some of you who have read the Chronicles of Narnia will know that there's a scene similar to this that C.S. Lewis depicts. I don't remember exactly which character, but one of the characters turns up like a dragon, the scaly animal thing, and Aslan, who's this lion, is a Christ figure, has to heal the character by peeling away. And the image there is this idea that Aslan, Christ, is peeling off that self that everyone else sees, that we try to guard ourselves with. And it was a painful process. And it took time to sand that dresser, way more time than I wanted to spend on Friday and Saturday, right? Getting all the nooks and crannies. My thumbs are blistery. And it's a painful process to let go of that person. To look in the mirror and to see the beauty that God has made you. 
And, and that image, so if you didn't do it last week, I'm going to actually invite you to do it now. And I know it's daunting, but I want to invite you to uh, think of that, that self in your mind, right? So, I'm, I'm, so now I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and to imagine yourself in the mirror. And now remember, the words that I'm going to read are not words of judgment of God. But these are the words of the psalmists attributed to David. You know, the guy who, you know, cheated on his spouse, killed a guy. The guy who had a lot of skeletons in his closet. Hear these words. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. 